Hey everybody, Steve here and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 23. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Great to be here every week as we talk the latest in the world of rugby league. It's going to be a shorter episode today. It's been a busy week and, you know, if I had time this week, I'd really be analysing the teams left in the finals race because, let's be honest, the finals race is wide open. There's 11 teams still in contention. Parramatta, who I've defended vigorously on this show this year after a poor start and after I myself declared back in February that they wouldn't play finals in 2023. They're down to 11th on 24 points. Manly and Newcastle sit at 9th and 10th respectively on 24, 5 points. And then in the top 8, right in that battle, you've got the Cowboys, the Sharks and the Rabbitohs all on 26 points and Canberra on 28 points. So the race for those bottom 4 positions in the top 8, they're wide open. And, you know, just when you think you've got it figured out, like we learnt last week, upsets happen, some teams go through some, you know, patchy form slumps, and really, it's it's a wide-open race. You know, the Rabbitohs bounce back with Latrell Mitchell coming back to the team last week by beating the Tigers 32-18, to but it wasn't convincing. And there's still question marks about them. Canberra, it was a dismal performance against Newcastle, who, on the other hand, they've gone through this rich vein of form where they're have completely revitalised their season, and it's pretty much coincided with the return of Kalen Ponga back into the fullback jersey, and he's been remarkable since he's came back. The forwards have stepped up, and really, they're on the up at the moment, Newcastle. And Canberra, the question marks remain uh, about you know whether they're a finals team, and if they make the finals, they limp into the finals, whether they're, whether they're actually capable of doing any damage once they get there. Ricky Stewart obviously isn't happy with the performances. He's changed the team. So they're a side that's also struggling. Then you've got Cronulla, who have just fallen off a cliff, it seems like. They're really struggling to maintain their top eight spot. And the Cowboys, just when you think that they're a team that you know could challenge anyone in this competition and potentially even fight for a top four spot or even you know be in the mix there, they drop a game to the Gold Coast Titans. So really, it's a wide-open uh, bottom four of the top eight, those fifth to eighth positions Anyone can get them. I think the top four is pretty set. You know, you've got Penrith and Brisbane fighting out for the minor premiership, and Penrith got a huge game against the Melbourne Storm on Friday night, which we'll cover. The Warriors and the Storm, they're, you know, 30 points and two points ahead of the Raiders, uh, both of those sides, and four ahead of CFs, Cronulla, and the Cowboys. So they're looking like, you know, unless there's an incredible drop in form, that they're going to get the third and fourth positions on the ladder. So really, it is a wide open race. And, you know, Penrith, they're well in ahead. The, they should be the premiership favourites. They are the premiership favourites. And they've been the best team in, the, you know, rugby league since the start of 2020. I know that they obviously lost that grand final there, but then two grand finals in a row. They've been the most consistent team. There's not a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, now that they've pretty much got just about all their troops back on deck, obviously including Nathan Cleary, their leader, and halfback, they're looking almost unstoppable. I haven't really given had a chance as I wind down this opening segment. We can get into these tips because, as I said, unfortunately today I'm short on time, but I'll be back with a longer edition of the show next week. But I haven't. don't think I've given the Broncos the due that I think that they uh, deserved based on the season they've had so far. They, you know, have been remarkable. At this point last year, they found themselves kind of sliding out of the top eight, considering they've been in the top four for the first, you know, 15 rounds of last year's competition. It was a disappointing end to the season. But since they got that wooden spoon at the back end of 2020 and Kevin Wilders took the helm there over Anthony Seaboard, it's just been a steady improvement. And, you know, if it wasn't, in my opinion, if it wasn't for 
everything that uh, Andrew Webster's done there at the Warriors, I think that it's a two-horse race there between him and Kevin Walters for Dallium Coach of the Year. They just they both really changed the landscape uh, of their clubs. For Webster, you know, the Warriors are in all sorts and the COVID issues with them not being able to play at home had an effect on their former seasons and Webster's brought it all back. Uh, you know, they he's brought the culture back in the place and Sean Johnson's come into form. But I think, you know, you've got to give respect to Kevin Walters and the turnaround that he's shown at the Brisbane Broncos. When you're the head of the Broncos, when you're the coach of the Brisbane Broncos, you always face that media scrutiny day in and day out because, let's be honest, they're one of the biggest... NRL clubs in the world um, and you know especially in the NRL anyway and that media scrutinizing doesn't go away uh, whenever you're the Broncos and you're not performing and you know he inherited a squad from Anthony Seaboyd and some other coaches as well that probably had guys on contracts and um, you know back-end deals that were less to be desirable and He's turned the club around. He's really developed some of these young players. And, you know, they're genuine finals contenders to the point where I'd say that the Broncos are probably the second biggest threat for this premiership this season. Obviously, the Warriors and Storm doing great things as well in the top four. But, uh, yeah, the Broncos and Penrith, well and truly the standouts. Um, and the Warriors and the Storm not too far behind. So, you know, anything can happen in this last month of football. We're now in August. September is, you know, known as finals time. And it's going to be interesting to see exactly how that final makeup of the top eight turns out and who's going to be facing who in week one of the finals but you know it's been one of the best years in NRL in the last decade in my opinion it's been one of the closest seasons and the game quality's been pretty high so overall I think it's been a good year for rugby league and you know we're heading into the last month now so there's definitely teams out there that need to perform and you know looking at this round uh guest of the show in the past Nicole Timotreski one of my good mates actually said to me during the week that um you know this round of NRL looks like it's going to be one of the best in a long time. There's a lot of games that could go overway, and there's going to be some desperate teams uh, making their case at this last back-end stretch of the season. So I'm looking forward to previewing this round. Before I get to my footy tips this week, which I'm about to, I want to make sure that everybody knows to like Steve's NRL footy tips on Facebook. It is the best way to stay notified of all the updates on the future of the show. Subscribe, like, share, wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast each week. It's important to the algorithm that you support it whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor. And thanks for all your support so far in 2023. We're heading into the back-end stretch now. I think this is about my 40th, if not a little bit more, my 40th edition of the podcast this year. So, you know, it's been a hell of a journey so far. It's the fourth year that I've done this show, and I appreciate all the support that you guys show me. So let's get into this week footy tips. And, you know, it's a big game tonight, uh, especially for the Manly Seagulls to kickstart round 23. That's right, round 23 kicks off tonight at the Sydney Cricket Ground when the Roosters play the Manly Seagulls, 7.50pm, and Manly have to win to keep their finals hopes alive. It's going to be the last game at the Sydney Cricket Ground for a while. I believe the Women's World Cup, which is currently occupying Allianz, is in the closing stages of its regular stage of the competition, so expect the Roosters back there shortly, which is... For the best, considering this ground's not the best to watch rugby league in it live. But, you know, the Roosters have a good record at the stadium, um, winning majority of their games there in the last three to four years. They were outclassed against the Broncos. They ended up losing the game 32-10 to last Thursday night, but I thought they were brave, especially in the second half. It was a much-improved performance after a slow start by them, and I think the scoreline probably flattered the Broncos a little bit at the end. They had to fight hard for the win, and, you know, they're playing some great football, the Broncos, and, you know, the Roosters... While they didn't get the job done, I, I think it was an improved effort from them 
even from that, you know, dominant win against the Titans the week before, they faced tough, much tougher opposition. And I think that, um, you know, despite the fact they went down, they remained tough in, in defeat. Um, and I think that, you know, that and the, the fact that they're at home is probably the reasons they're heading into this game as favourites this week. Their opponents, the Manly Seagull, Seagulls, I was at their game last week. It was at Wynn Stadium when they got the job done 24-18 to 18 against the Dragons in Cherry Heavens free under. But I'll be honest, I wasn't really impressed by their performance. I think that, you know, the Dragons got some calls against them and were pretty much robbed of a four-pointer that Dan Russell scored that the bunker saw otherwise. I thought it was a try there live, and I went home and watched the replay, and I thought it was a try still. So I think they were pretty lucky, Manly, and I think that while they're the better team for the majority of that game, the Dragons um, took it to them a little bit, and I think that that's a sign that for Manly that their forward pack at the moment is struggling without Paseca there in particular, and I think the Dragons' forward pack really took it to them in the second half of that game. So I think if Manly want to continue their run to a hopeful final spot, they currently only sit one point out of the top eight. I think they need to um, strengthen that forward pack up a little bit and get some players there that can make a difference. I know that their squad's limited at the moment. They brought in Matt Lodge and Aaron Woods uh, throughout the course of this season to help fill that gap, but I just feel like they're a couple forwards short of competing with some of the better sides in this competition. Now, we know the Roosters haven't had the best season this year, and, you know, they seem to be at a loss in, in what's really happened, but some of their big guns, no doubt, haven't performed the way they would have liked. Some of the injuries that they've suffered hasn't helped, haven't helped them either, and their general inability to score points and this current half combination hasn't really been any different in Kiri and Santa Smith. There's got to be a worry for Trent Robertson heading into next season, but obviously this last month of football is going to be about, you know, getting things ready for next season and getting some wins on the board at the back end of the year. And um, I think that they're definitely capable of winning this game of football tonight. I feel like points could be at a minimum, and I think there's going to be a low scoring, a little bit of a dour affair tonight. I don't think Manly... Um, have really hit their strides attacking this year either. Um, and I think that the onus has got to be on their forward pack to lay a platform to let the likes of Schuster, Garrick and Cherry Evans in the game. Uh, but at the moment, yeah, I just feel like the Roosters have a win or two left in the year. They could trouble some of these teams in finals contention. I feel like Manly's one of them. We haven't seen the best of all of their players, but when they have the superstars of the calibre of, you know, Tedesco and Manu and um, Hargraves and Radley, uh, they're going to do some damage at some point. They're going to get it together at some point. And, you know, merely while they're most of the time a defensively solid team, uh, yeah, I, think, I feel like they're at a stage where it's do or die for them and not just in terms of wins or losses, but they need their, they need their forward pack. And, um, you know, some of these guys that I guess have been less than this year to really step up and and lift them to a final spot, but I can't see them doing it. So the Roosters by 10 points tonight, I think will be a low-scoring game, but I expect the Roosters um, to click a little bit more than Manly, who, in my opinion, were extremely clunky last week at Wynn Stadium. And the opening game of Friday Night Football this week takes place from Seabus Super Stadium, where the Gold Coast Titans host the New Zealand Warriors in the 6pm game this week. And Gold Coast, it was great to see them get a win last week, uh, in a game that I don't think anyone really gave them a chance in. They defensively showed up uh, at the point where you least expected them to, where their season is pretty much over, but they really took it to the Cowboys um, and got in their face for a large period of the time. And I think they showed the rest of the competition a little bit of a blueprint and how to upset the Cowboys, just working hard and, um, you know, 
putting some pressure on their big bodies and their big playmakers. And, you know, they really dominated most of that game last Sunday against the Cowboys. So it was good to see the Gold Coast get a win. Obviously, their finals chances are pretty slim to nothing for the rest of the year. And Big Tino's still out this week for them. But there's promising signs there as Des Hasler prepares to, you know, make the team his own in 2024. I, I think that... Me and Matt Cosry, when he was on the show a few weeks ago, we talked about the substitute teacher and, you know, the players acting up because they know that the people in charge at the moment won't be in charge next year. But to their credit, they fought hard last week. I thought Kieran Foran was really good. And, um, you know, Jaden Campbell and Brimson, I think they're getting better at utilising both of them um, in the starting 13. So, obviously, Campbell's back on the bench again this week, and, and Brimson's the fullback. But I feel like the more time that Campbell and Brimson get on the field together, uh, the more it's going to gel there for Gold Coast. Their opponents, the New Zealand Warriors, they had the bye last week, but obviously it's been a remarkable season for them so far. They've surpassed any expectations put on them, and you know it was a good time for them to have a... Um, a bike because they've been up for such a long period of time, the Warriors, and I feel like they can. They took that week to to refocus and get ready for you know a big final month of the regular season, and then whatever's going to happen in the finals. And if they can make the top four um, and get two chances at the app, it would be absolutely enormous for their premiership chances because no matter what, they'll most likely be playing again. They'll they'll either win week one of the finals and get to the prelim straight away, or they'll um, be hosting a week two game in New Zealand. So. You know, it's, it's massive stakes for the Warriors, and I think that their premiership hopes depend on them getting this top four spot. And simply to put, this game against the Titans, as good as the Titans were last week in that one-off game against the Cowboys, these are the games the Warriors need to be winning if they're going to be a serious premiership threat in the back end of the season. And, you know, all their big stars, the likes of Johnson and Charles Lickle-Clodstad and Toe Harris and Aaron Adam Fanua blake they're all well-rested, and, you know, the more time passes, it looks like the Warriors are basically a full-strength side, so you know, when you get the likes of, you know, Metcalf keeping people um, like Volkman and and others, Dylan Walker, out of the starting team, um, it just seems like they're completely in sync, and Webster's got that squad ready to fire uh, at the business end of the season, so, you know, I think the Titans will put up a fight like they did last week, um, and, you know, hopefully they can imp- uh, continue that impressive defense that we saw, because that's not what the Titans have been known for in 2023, but, you know, how can you tip against the Warriors here? They have all the reason in the world to produce a big performance to cement their spot in the top four there, and, you know, at, up there at Seabus, um, I don't think the Gold Coast Titans have the best record in general, and they definitely don't have a great record against the Warriors, so I think the Warriors will be winning this one by about 12 points, but I think the War- uh, the Titans will be in the fight, especially in the first half, but like we've seen so many times this year, the wheels will probably fall off at the back end of the stage, the back end of the year for Gold Coast, too. Let's be honest, they're not playing for too much in this last month before Des has to start the new era for the club next season. What a blockbuster in the second game of Friday Night Football this weekend. It could be one of the games of the season as the Penrith Panthers host the Melbourne Storm from Bluebet Stadium up there in Penrith. This is going to be a contest. The last time these two teams played, it was only about a month ago, and the Storm were up 14-0 before the Penrith Panthers came charging home and got the win pretty handily there in the second half. But out of all the teams that Penrith uh, first, they seem to have some of the most trouble against the Melbourne Storm. But... Um, you know, we'll see how they go. They've won three out of the last four games against them. And honestly, um, if I'm Ivan Cleary, uh, the coach of the Panthers, I am wanting a challenge. I'm wanting to test these players and see, um, you know, if they can rise to another level in the postseason. Because at the moment, the Panthers are flying. They're, 
you know, well and truly miles ahead of every other team in the competition at the moment. But they've been up for three years now, and, you know, some of their, these players must be getting exhausted uh, from some vigorous campaigns over the past few years. And, you know, Craig Bellamy, he knows how to get his troops ready for big games. Melbourne have history with Penrith, that's for sure, and I know that they're going to be want to want to be at their best game and cause a massive upset as we head into finals football. So this game couldn't be bigger, and... You know, Penrith, they got the job done 28-0 against the Cronulla Sharks last week. I don't think it was too clinical from them, and I think that uh, the, the game was a little bit closer than the scoreline represented. Um, but, yeah, the, the Panthers' attack has been one point that's been debated so far this year about, um, you know, whether they can go to another level because, you know, their defence, no one can question. It's been outstanding this year, but, um, you know, the attack has struggled a little bit and it hasn't been as fluid and, um, I guess, as almost effortless has has been in the previous years for them. Obviously, having Cleary back there helps this, uh, you know, this end of the season. But Lua on that left-hand side probably hasn't been as effective as it's been in previous seasons. The bigger issue this week is actually in the centres because they've got Stephen Crichton as reliable as ever on the right-hand side, but they've got Hosking named the centre this week because of Tyrone Peachy's suspension. Uh, there's reports that Targo could be late inclusion for them, but... And Jenkins could also make his debut for the club. But, you know, it's going to be an area that I'm sure Melbourne's going to target. But obviously, you know, the battle and the big battle in this game is going to be taking place um, in the middle of the field. And you've got to give credit where credit's true. One of the reasons why Penrith have been so dominant and starting games off, you know, incredibly this for the past three years is because of the front row combination between Leota and Fisher-Harris. And then you have, um, you know, the likes of Lindsay Smith and Spencer Lenu, who's not fit for this game, but he'll be back for finals, uh, that come in and, and keep the momentum going. And, um, you know, it's just a production line at the moment there at Penrith with those these forwards that can come in and break a game wide open. You've got the professionalism in Sorensen and Yo, and then if you put Martin one-on-one with a defender out there on an edge, he's almost impossible to stop close to the line. So uh, Melbourne have got their work cut out for them, no doubt, this week in stopping that momentum for as long as possible because we saw it a month ago. Melbourne started the game off incredible and you had Welsh and the likes of Nelson and Solo Sofa Mona get in Penrith's faces and uh, really stop that momentum in the first 20 minutes. But when Penrith, you know, survived that, they just had the bench rotation come on and they really turned the game via the likes of Len Yu and and uh, Lindsay Smith, who's been one of the most underrated front rollers in the competition this year. So it's going to be a big battle up there. You've got to um, really feel like Bellamy's going to try to get these guys like Kamikamika and, um, you know, Josh King ready for the contest. Trent Lariero as well as an underrated second roller. But it's going to be a battle for 80 minutes, and they've got to go to War Melbourne if they're going to want to um, stick with the Panthers for that entire time with how professional this Panthers side is. Um, and if they can do that, they can definitely cause an upset. I mean, we saw it a month ago. They got to the lead early. Um, they just couldn't hang on, Melbourne, and the class of Penrith proved too strong in the end. But um, you look at those forward battles, and then you look at the playmakers, and Luai, Cleary, the combination, um, you know, it's world-class. They've been together for so many years now, and they've proven they can do it time and time again together. But Munster and Hughes, I think they've got a point to prove. And, um, you know, Munster, we all know he's one of the best players in in the rugby league world, but Hughes' game has really gone to another level this past month. He probably started the season off a little bit slow for his standards, but he's come good at the right time of the year. Um, 
I expect Penrith to really target some of these Melbourne Stormy outside backs. I mean, young Tonov Pia and Seve haven't played a huge amount of first grade this year. They are keeping all of them out of the side. Uh, but young Warbrick as well, I expect to be targeted by Cleary. And uh, that masterful kicking game from Nathan Cleary um, is going to be a constant threat or not. I think that for Melbourne to win this game, they're going to have to be close to their play their absolute best game of football. Um, and that's exactly why I'm going to go Penrith because Penrith at Blue Bet Stadium, um, it's pretty much a graveyard there. And teams that beat them up there, they've they've got to almost play their absolute um, maximum ability. They've got to play their pretty much their best game of football um, to beat Penrith there. And you know both sides are going to be up for it. I can I can see fireworks in this game. I can see it getting um, you know very physical and, and some emotions coming up. But at the end of the day, um, they'll. These players, these 34 players taking the field are going to be uh, battered and bruised, but I think Penrith um, survive and take the momentum heading into finals. Um, I think it's a test that they need, and I think it's a test they'll fry there at Penrith. So the Panthers by four points against the Melbourne Storm in what could be really the match of the season, what could be a grand final preview, let's be honest. Right, guys, you know what time it is. It's time for my favorite time of the week, and that is Super Saturday, and it's one of the best Super Saturdays all year. We've got a double header in Perth that we'll get into shortly, but how good is a 3 p.m. game? I've never seen a better 3 p.m. game than this game. It is going to be an absolute classic encounter up there at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. It's North Queensland Cowboys versus the Brisbane Broncos, and these teams have had uh, classic after classic over the last 10 years. It's usually on a Friday night, but we get it... Sunshine up there at Townsville to kickstart our Super Saturday Night Football this week. It's going to be massive, and um, I cannot overstate the importance to, of this game to both of these sides. And we'll start with Brisbane. They're going to be deserving favourites heading up there at Townsville. Their form has been remarkable. I mean, Adam Reynolds has been one of the signings of the decade for mine. The you know the game management that he has that really frees up Ezra Meehan and Reese Walsh to break a game open at any time from the Fords that are doing a great job laying the platform at the moment. I mean Reese, I mean Payne Huss, Patrick Carrigan, their leaders out there, Sirs Capewell, and then they've got some young younger players like Walters and off the bench, you know Jensen and Palacia and Smoothie and Willinson. They're all coming in. They're doing a great job, and it's credit to Kevin Walters and what he's um been able to build there at Brisbane. Because Reynolds is such a, a great game manager as well, it's getting the outside backs involved uh, uh, after the you know the the hard work that the forwards are doing early in games. You get you're seeing Katoni Staggs and Farnworth and Cobo get into open space, and it's just great to watch by Brisbane at the moment. Make no mistake about it; they're a premiership force this year, and to prove it. I mean, there's still some critics out there that don't think they can rise to the next level, like Phil Gould. To beat the Cowboys this week up there in Townsville, uh, when the Cowboys always step up for this contest, they always live for it, it would be massive for the Broncos' season. So uh, I'm expecting them to be ready for it on Saturday afternoon. And on the other side of the coin, you got the Cowboys. And, you know, it was disappointing last week against the Gold Coast Titans. They've probably been the form team of the competition for the last two months. The likes of Dearden and Drinkwater have been on fire. Their forward packs really stepped up. But last weekend, the Titans really got in the Cowboys' faces and bullied them, and the Cowboys didn't know how to respond to it. They had an off day at the office, um, but the pressure's on them this week to step back step back into the fight and, and lift to another level because they find themselves an eighth spot in the ladder. They've got a really tough game this weekend. They've got to buy next weekend, which will help them. Uh, but there's some tough games coming up for the Cowboys with some contenders in this competition. And, you know, it's the local derby. These teams love uh, playing each other, and we get some classics, but... Yeah, for mine, if the Cowboys are going to make finals this year, 
this almost is a must-win game for them. And it's going to be tough because, as I said, the Broncos are playing with such a confidence at the moment. Um, and, and, you know, they're throwing around the football. They're not playing in a conservative style. And it's great to watch. And when the Cowboys are at their best and then when they've been at their best through this last few months this year, um, they, they play the same style of football. But, um, you know, they've got a few problems at the moment. And then I... Um, is he in this week? I think he's still out. I know that Holmes has been suspended for the rest of the regular season. Tamalolo's fitness is still a question mark for him as well. Um, you know, they're lacking um, some of their stars at the moment, and it's going to be a big ask this week to take down the Broncos team that is flying high. Um, I expect the game to be sold up, out up there at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. But at the end of the day, I just think the Broncos class gets them over the line. And, um, you know... I know that everybody's gotten really excited about uh, about Brisbane and uh, sorry about the Cowboys and their f- run of form this last few months, but I think everybody just got put back to earth a little bit. Um, and you know, Cowboys are the best. It's true they're capable of beating anyone, uh, but the consistency is the problem there. And you know, the Ford Pack has to match Brisbane's, and I don't know if they're capable of it. They need guys like Ruben Cotter and Cohen House really to step up and try to get in the faces of Huss and Carrigan and upset this Brisbane big Broncos forward pack this week um, if they're going to make some inroads in the game and you know Dearden and Townsend they're going to have to be on kicking game wise and Dearden's going to have to pick his moments to run um, and pick them correctly if there are any chance of causing the upset this week but you know I think it would be disrespectful to tip against the Broncos this week considering how good they're going so I'm going to tip the Broncos by six I expect a big game and, a, and, a, and almost another classic there on Saturday afternoon it could go either way but uh, you've got to respect what Brisbane has done so far in 2023, and I'll tip them to uh, to keep continuing this big battle for the minor premiership with Penrith at the moment. So it's time for the double header this week, and at Optus Stadium, we're going to see two games of football, which hopefully will get a sellout crowd at Perth, and potentially, you know, help their bid to be the 18th team in the NRL in a couple of years. I think that in the past, the Perth public have really shown up for these games, and I think they deserve a shot at getting another rugby league team in their state. I mean, the rest and Reds certainly, I don't think, were a, a failure back in the 90s. It was just the state of the game where, that saw them get squeezed out. I think that they had a pretty healthy crowd, and you know, every time that games are taken to them, to the state at the moment, they seem to be getting good crowds. So I expect a healthy crowd there for the doubleheader this weekend. And the first game of the doubleheader is the Dolphins versus the Newcastle Knights. And uh, the Knights are just on this extreme uh, run of form at the moment. I mean, Caelan Ponga, has, since he's come back, has really lifted this squad. Adam O'Brien, um, whose job still remains under pressure, surprisingly, I don't think should be under pressure. I think that the effort that the Newcastle Knights have shown this year has been very impressive, and I think they've really surpassed anyone's expect- expectations of them this year. I mean, I had nowhere near the finals, so the fact that they're still fighting for a spot and they've got a little bit of an easier run than some of these other teams um, is impressive. And, um, you know, their forward pack has been good. Uh, on the other side of the coin, you've got the Dolphins who have been struggling as of late. They probably should have beat the Bulldogs last weekend, but Asako missed the goal, so they went down by a point, 23-22 to 22, um, there last weekend. But, you know, it's been a good debut season for them. The wheels have fallen off a little bit. They look like a tired football team. They've had their injury problems as well, and um, they can't really seem to decide um, on what the best half combination is at the moment. So they're just changing things up and seeing what sticks. Same as fullback. I mean, we've got... 
the Hammer playing there one week, Nikarima playing there one week. I mean, Nikarima's been named in the centres this week. I don't know if that's a good decision. So I think that Wayne Bennett and the coaching staff at the moment just seeing what's going to work best for 2024, uh, where I think that they're a big chance of, of making the finals. Um, but at the moment, it's just uh, seeing what some of these young kids have got and preparing for next year. And, you know, you've got one club that is doing that and one club that's, you know, in red-hot form and fighting for a final spot. It's hard to tip the Dolphins. This week, I mean, I know that they're the home team, but there isn't really a home team when we're taking the game to Perth. And Newcastle have it all to play for. I think they're going to turn up for their coach who remains under pressure. And I think they really want to be a part of this year's finals campaign. So I don't see any reason not to tip the Knights. I only earned the Knights by 16 uh, in the first game at Perth on Super Saturday. The final game of Super Saturday also takes place, obviously, at Optus Stadium down there in Perth, a part of the doubleheader. It's the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Cronulla Sharks. Now, the Rabbitohs got Latrell Mitchell back last week, and they defeated the West Tigers 32-12, but it wasn't clinical. The attack uh, seemed to have trouble clicking, and the defense simply wasn't good enough if you're going to be a contender in the postseason. I mean, uh, you know, the best teams like Penrith well and truly um, turn up defensively for every set and see how Sydney at the moment are not doing it. Their completion rate's not very good. They're clunky all over the place. But the good thing is, for a lot of people like myself that predict them to go a long way in the finals, they're starting to get fit of these guys that haven't got much footy in the legs and they've got plenty of time to fix these issues. And um, It's almost a must-win game for them this weekend. And It's the same as it is for their opponents, Cronulla, who are on a, such a downward spire at the moment. Uh, they fought hard in the 28-0 loss to the Penrith Panthers, but ultimately couldn't get you know, a point on the board against the Premiers, which is very concerning. They lost Will Kennedy, which didn't help early in the game with a hamstring injury. That's going to see him out um, for the rest of the regular season. So Connor Tracy shifts back to the wing, and Talakai and Renato Mortalo um, enter the starting side. So there's a lot of pressure on them to perform, and I think it's been obvious um, that they seem to have real trouble with constant defensive pressure, just like the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but um, they also seem to be a forward or two short. And Fanukin's out for the rest of the year. McInnes, standout, broke the record for the amount of tackles last week of 81. Huge congratulations there. But uh, they face an uphill battle this weekend, and honestly, if they don't win this weekend, they're going to find themselves out of the finals race. So uh, all the pressure on the world on them. We'll see if they can produce and perform uh, on the weekend, but it's hard to tip against South Sydney with the potential because when the Rabbitohs are on, they can beat any team in this competition. Um, it's just a matter of whether they can get there again and be a force come the finals. For the Sharks, we see them come up against some of these uh, contenders and they just fall short. So I've got the Rabbitohs by 16. I've got to get a move on this podcast. I'm going to rush it. And, and hurry it here in the last two games, which is a good thing because the last two games probably aren't the best uh, games of the round at Combank Stadium. Sunday, 2 o'clock, it's the Parramatta Eels versus the Dragons. It'll be a good atmosphere uh, for the Eels to be back at home this weekend. But uh, the Dragons were pretty good against Manly last weekend. Obviously not good enough to get two points done. They're a little bit in the same boat as some of these other teams out of contention now that they're just going to test some of these young players. I mean, Dan Russell's been good since he's gone into the first grade. Uh, they had a poor start last weekend, but to their credit, they fought hard. And if they can do that against Parramatta, they can cause them some question marks. But Parramatta finally get Dylan Brown this back this week. They're still without Sevo and RCG, but they find themselves in 11th position on the ladder now. It's a must-win game. I think Parramatta get the job done by 22. Uh, leading into the final game of the round, it's the Canberra Raiders versus the West Tigers. Now, the Raiders also find themselves on a downward spiral. It hasn't been good for them. Ricky Stewart swung the axe this week. Uh, Nick Kotrick back in the team. Croker dropped. Uh, Chris and uh, Timiko, the new centers partnership, and Rapana back to... 
uh, fullback. They also had some weird bench rotation issues where Tarpanay and Hawthorne didn't play as many minutes as they usually do, so they've got to fix those issues. Um, I actually think an upset's on the card here. I think the Tigers uh, were pretty good against Seahawks last week and have shown that they can score points. Happy Corps Seahawks such a big in for them, and Brooks is back on deck as well. Um, I just don't know if the Raiders are capable of lifting at this time of the year, and if they limp into the finals, I can't see them doing any damage. So I've got the Tigers for a, na- a massive upset to end the week, which leads my Final footy tips this week uh, to be the Roosters winning tonight against Manly, the Warriors to beat the Titans, the Panthers surviving against Melbourne Storm in one of the games of the year. Super Saturday, I've got the Broncos um, continuing their great season with a big win over the Cowboys. Newcastle making a magical run for the eight uh, with a big win over the Dolphins and the Sharks being too good for Cronulla and the Sunday games, which I just mentioned. I've got the... Parramatta Eels uh, handily disposing the Dragons and Tigers in a big upset against the Raiders. Those are my footy tips for round 23. Obviously, I'll be back next week for a long-form show. Thanks for the support, guys, and I'll see you next time on Steve's NRL Footy Tips.